0: Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Dimmel. Isaiah 65, 24, one of my favorite verses. Listen to this. And it shall come to pass that before they call. Hello, I told you that it was the link. Before they call, I will answer. And and while they yet are speaking... I will hear. I'm going to read it to you again. I'm going to tell you right now, if I was in a church with all those old ladies that had them big beehive hairdos that spent 125.50 just to come to church, and I said that verse, let me tell you, baby, they would be rocking all over the place, them, them, yeah. them uh, whatever things that they got in their hair would be shooting out of their hair like missiles. <laughs> but today we just sit here why because we don't have a prayer life our prayer life is like this lord i'm really in a situation right now as we're getting in our car lord i'm really in a situation right now and i need your help and what's on the radio that's it and then the pastor says would you pray to-? yes i did why well, was in my car on the way to work you shut your mouth you were doing 973 things you wasn't praying to god you might have been talking to God a little bit, but then you're talking to the kids. Then you've got a cell phone on. Then you've got this going on. Then I've got to change the radio station. Don't like that song. Well, what's going on in the back? You stop it. You shut up. You know it's happening. You know what's going on. But God, I want you to understand, is asking you to spend time with Him in relationship because then the heavens open up and you get authorization from heaven for communication with God. And God begins to change lives. Isaiah 65, 24. I'm going to read it to you again. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And and while they're yet speaking, I will hear. Let me interpret that for you. Prayer releases what God has already intended to do. Prayer does not... Get God to do what he doesn't want to do. It releases him to do what he has already declared. That word declare means he spoke it. Now, that, that, what, what does that mean? You don't have to coax God, church. You don't have to spend hours in prayer to make it happen. Well, God, I need a promotion at my job and and I need to whittle past the next person so I'm going to use you to do that. You don't need to do that because God already declared it before you made the call to heaven. He already had it set forth in your life. I read the verse to you. Go ahead and read the book, the chapter, and it will express things to you that you probably never heard before. It's Isaiah 65, 24 in case you missed it. So God has already willed It's not the fact that he's trying to do things as you ask him. He has already taken care of it. He's already spoke it. And he heard you before you even called. That doesn't mean that you can't change God's mind. But I want you to understand, hear me well, that is not the norm because he already declared it. Now watch. This is how you change God's mind. The Bible tells us in Isaiah 38 that the, the priest, Hezekiah, was near death with sickness. And the Bible tells us that he was about to got, die and he made supplication. He fasted. He prayed. He spent time with the Lord. And God sent the prophet Isaiah to him and said, I'm going to add 15 years to your life. You were going to die. But, I want you to understand that not only were you going to die, but now I'm lengthening your life. When you say, I don't know why God didn't heal him. I I don't know why God didn't touch her. I don't know why God took her home. God ordained it before you ever realized it was going to happen. We don't see The way God sees, because we're confined by time. We're confined by human skin. We're confined by our human thought. But God is not defined by time, space, or matter. He's not confined at all. So why can your mountain not be removed? Why is there a mountain in my mouth? Why can I get over this? Can I tell you why? Because we haven't spent time in prayer, we haven't fasted, we haven't gone before the throne room of God. Don't tell me that we are. Because if we were, listen, do you know why there's a mountain in your mouth? you know why I use that title? Because here's the problem. We have a mountain in our mouth because we are scared to death to say it. We are scared to death to declare it. We are scared to death to speak it out because we are afraid that God will not move the mountain. But if you understand... That God will move the mountain when you speak to the problem. Speak to the circumstance. Speak to the struggle. Speak to the situation. God will move. There's a guy I know. He got into drugs. This is a little tidbit, a nugget of gold for you. It's not in my notes. He got into drugs and man... They took him down the path that were just, it was his life was messed up because that's what they do. And all of the sudden, listen, the government couldn't help him. The local police department couldn't help him. AA couldn't help him. Nothing could help him. But all of a sudden... One night he got a hold of Jesus Christ and he had a transformation in his life and he never picked up another drug. Do you know why? Because God will move mountains when you get authorization from heaven. How do you get authorization? You pray. I know I'm off the deep end, some of you need a pill. I don't have time to go into all that stuff. But I want to tell you this. God has already determined. What he is going to do. Before you ever ask him. He determined it. Before you became a living. Breathing soul. But then he has this little guy. I'm going to use myself for an example. Named Jim Bob. That he gave free will now just because I have power and just because I have authorization just because I can reach heaven does not mean that I will what it means is that I can do whatever I want to do because God allowed me to be a free-range chicken do you know what they are you put the chicken outside, they disappear three, four, five days. You're thinking, where in the world is my chicken? I'm going to have to eat that thing one day. And all of a sudden, the chicken's starved to death. He comes back. You put out some food. He eats five times more than he needs. And he's back again. That's like us as humans. We bounce. We bobble. We do whatever we want. And then when we get into trouble, oh, we find the church house full because we've got to pray to this heavenly father. Right? Okay. When I worked for AEP, we had this thing called substations. In order to get the electric from the power company to your individual home, you have to connect to the substation. I want you to understand that that is a great understanding for me. Because Jesus Christ is the substation heaven is the power plant and if you want to get the power to your individual being you have to understand that you have got to connect to the power company his name is jesus christ listen you can do whatever you want if you're amish but if you want to be connected to the power company of heaven you got to get online with the power source called jesus christ hallelujah to his name Help me, Lord. You can say, mountain, bug off. You can say, mountain, get out of my way. You can say, let the mountain be cast into the sea. It ain't funny. It's the gospel truth. It comes in having faith in God and being authorized. Now we're, look at how they both work together. Romans 10.8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is, the word of faith which we preach. That's a lot of words, but I don't know where you're going. Let me read another version for you. I hope they put it up there. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. You understand now? Paul tells the Romans, I'm preaching. The word is near you right now because I'm declaring the word. I am speaking the word. That's what Paul's saying. And if you've not received it, that's your fault. But it's not just for you to receive. Remember the cow story? Oh my goodness, I got calls about the cow story. I got emails about the cow story. I got people after church saying, Why'd you have to tell the cow story? I don't know how to get it out to you. I'm just giving you what this hillbilly knows. But I want you to understand this. When you get a hold of Jesus Christ, this is what Paul's saying. It is not for you to just sit in the church house and listen to me because I'm not listen, I'm not a teacher. I mean, I am a teacher, but I'm not a teacher with a degree. My wife can do that for you. I can't. I'm sorry. I don't have a bunch of degrees like a thermometer. I don't have all this stuff what I know is Jesus Christ and Paul said I am teaching you I am declaring Jesus Christ to you but it's not so that you can have a biblical lecture it's so that you can go out and declare it to someone else that's your job because why you have authorization from heaven you have spoken to God, so therefore, you're going to be walking down the street one day, and whoa, this guy pops up, and his life is a mess. I promise you, we see it every day in this church. Their life is destroyed. They think they'll never get out of it. And you, after you make so many wrong decisions, your mind gets programmed that no matter what you think is the right decision, it's a wrong decision. Because you made so many, you don't know what right is. So, God plants this man or woman in your life they are called the rescuer of the broken you are a rescuer of the broken you are authorized by heaven and God has set this person in your place right in your line of walk right in your sight to help you or for you to help them if you are not downloading from the cloud if you are not downloading from heaven, if you don't have a connection to the substation, if you don't know where the power company turns on the lights, then you can't help anybody what we see in the church is this we are not making disciples do you know why because we chew it up just like the cow in the story we leave the place and we are not declaring don't tell me time magazine can write the fall of the american church the reason that it can write the fall of the american church is because you god's sheep is not declaring it to the lost broken weak and weary amen We're to declare. We've got some people here that do it very well, but most of us don't. And God convicted me of this also. So, we must determine what the will of God is. He doesn't just want you to think, well, I can do this or I can do that. He wants you to get in the good book the encyclopedia of your life. We call it the Bible. Now, he wants you to determine what the will of God is based on God's will, you find it in the book. Based on God's word, you find it in the book. What is God's word? Jesus Christ made flesh, dwelt among us. Based on God's character, what God is saying is, what would I do? Then along comes prayer. This communication source with God. When you begin to communicate with God, then this prayer source and you're not, I don't know, the mountain's bigger than me. I've followed all these steps, the will, the word, and the character. And I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. That's when you link into the power chain of heaven and you get authorization from God. Are you hearing me today? The Word of God is to be active in your life. The Bible says, Hebrews 4.12, For the Word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. He knows what you're going to do. He puts you in a situation knowing what the outcome was going to be. Well, Pastor, I'm not sure I believe that then you didn't study the will, the word, or the character. Amen? I know I'm going too long. You're not just speaking, you're speaking authorized. Matthew 4, 1-11, the Bible says that Satan attacks Jesus. We better know this as the temptation in the wilderness. You ever been there? Not like Jesus you haven't. He was throned for glory. And Satan still tempted him. Do you know what Jesus did when he was tempted? He spoke. Watch this. The word spoke. Let me do it to this side. The word spoke. It's a double understanding of power. Because when the Word speaks, things begin to change. Not only did he speak, he quoted Scripture. He got a download from the eye cloud of heaven, and he said to Satan, this is Deuteronomy chapter 8. And he talks to Satan. He says, do you want to know the verse? And Satan's like, well, what's the verse? And the end of the verse, he says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That's good stuff. So he turns to Satan. He says, Let me read to you a little bit. Satan comes to him again, two more times, and the word spoke, but he didn't speak whatever he wanted to speak. He spoke the scripture. When he spoke the scripture, he found out that Satan was allergic to the scripture. When Satan is allergic to the scripture, he has to flee. And so, also, Satan found out one thing that Jesus Christ is a sports fanatic. Did you know that? He likes baseball. Three strikes, you're out. Satan had to run. Satan had to go. He tempted Jesus three times, but on the third time, Jesus said, I don't need what you're offering. I don't have or I don't need to get a hold of what you got. Listen, the cup of tea that you got going on there, I don't need to drink it because I know the God that, listen, formed heaven, that formed earth, that formed the trees that we drive past every day, that formed the grass, hallelujah to his name. He is the God. He is the God of heaven. He's not a God. He is the God. God. Now, sometimes Christians talk about their circumstances. Actually, most times, Christians talk about their circumstances. But this is the way that we do it. We say, my situation is bigger than I am. Let me give you a true understanding of what I'm going through. Let me give you a thought and let me make you understand, oh, I've been going through this a long time. So we pull out the situation and it's just like when someone passes away in our life, we pull out all the pictures and we look at everything that we've done with that person. We get to take a a gander and what happens is, is we continue to stay in the situation because we have put the situation first. Amen? What if we could flip the script? What if instead of putting the situation first, the struggle first, the situation, the sin, the problem, the issue first, what if we said, I'm going to put God first? Because God is the mountain mover, isn't he? So why don't you put the mountain mover at the bottom of the mountain? Why don't you put him first? Because then you can have faith to move the mountain in your mouth. Well, I know I've got a situation, but God said. I know I've got a struggle, but God said. I know I've got these problems and I can't get a hold of them, but the word of God said. What did God say? When you put God in front of the circumstances, he wraps it all into a ball and throws it into the lake of fire because it is not for his people. The mountain can move. I can't be more passionate. I can't declare to you any better. I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is a mountain mover. Your situation, your struggle, your issue, your problem can disappear if you have authorization from heaven. But God, the devil tried to attack me, but God, quote him some scripture, that's what Jesus Christ did. Most Christians, most people, including Christians, are not willing to do that. Well, that takes too much time. i got to take my babies to basketball practice. i, I got to take the babies to ba- the football practice. i got to take the babies to baseball. Are you hearing me? My kids go to baseball, basketball, football. Luke plays every sport coming and going. If they had underwater basket weaving, he would play. But I want you to understand that my 10 year old child is not going to dictate to me whether I'm in the house of God or not. And that's what we've allowed to happen because we say it takes too much time. And that's the fine line that we live. Can I tell you this way? If you want to be like that, have fun living with your mountain. Because you have the tools, you have the resources, you have the power. But it's up to you whether you want to do it or not. It's up to you if you want to decide to sit on the church pew. It's up to you if you want to decide to read your word. It's up to you if you want to decide to fast. Half the congregation probably don't even know what fasting is anymore. Okay, I don't have time for that. The scripture says this, if you say... To the mountain. He's speaking. Not symbolically. But physically. In this scenario. I'm going to tell you a story. About two years ago. Can I take my jacket off? I'm telling you what. I got sweat. Dripping down the backs of my legs. About two years ago. I went to a revival. This guy named Char- Charlie came up to me on Wednesday night. On Monday, he went to work. Now, Charlie had been in the company for 12 years. This is what he told me. He, on Wednesday night of the service, he came to me and said, hey, Pastor, can I talk to you and... I thought, you know, there's times when I'm, when I'm preaching out, you preach so many messages that there's times that I've went to my hotel room, I've laid in the, the, on the chair, I've been soaking wet, and I fell asleep in my clothing and I get up shivering because I'm cold, froze to death because my clothes were wet. And so, he says, can I take you out to dinner? And I'm thinking, no, but I am kind of fat and I need a hamburger. And so I, I say, yeah, Charlie, you can take me out. I've got three more days of revival and I'm trying to prep for that. But I think, and I, you know, I fasted and prayed. I, I need a hamburger. So we go out and most of the time, you know, the whole church gathers around the evangelist. They all want to go. But me and Charlie were able to sneak away. I don't know why it was God ordained. But he, we sat down at the Applebee's. We begin to talk. Charlie told me this, he said, on Monday, I went into my job, and at my lunchtime, I had my Bible open, and I was reading my Bible. He said, the manager came over to me, and he said, listen, you can't read your Bible here. He said, so on Monday, I closed my Bible and he said, I slid it into my pouch and I went on about my way and I kept thinking, why in the world can I not read my Bible on my lunch period? It's my lunchtime. I'm not clocked in at work. I'm just setting out work. Why can I not read my Bible? So Tuesday, I go into lunch and I have already decided I'm reading my Bible. I don't care what he says to me. So I go in and he says to me, listen, you cannot read your Bible here. If you read your Bible here, you're going to lose your job. And Charlie stands up and says, listen, sir, I need to talk to you privately. Can I talk to you? So he goes in on Tuesday and he says, am I doing my job correctly? He says, Charlie, you're the best worker that I have. He said, you're always on time. You never call off. If you take a vacation, it blows me away because I know that I can count on you. There's not very, very many people like that but you cannot read your Bible here he comes to church on Wednesday night and what I said to him was I was preaching actually he said I said this I don't remember most of the time saying any of this stuff but he said no matter what is going on in your life no matter who is saying what close everyone out Because when you stand up for God, no matter how the situation looks, God will take care of you, and he will reward you more than you need. That's what he said I said. I'm like, okay, that's good stuff. Yes, I did. I said that. And so our food comes. He begins to talk. He said, I went back into work Wednesday. I read my Bible. He said, the manager taps on the window and goes... And so I go in there. He said, have I told you three or four times not to read your Bible here? I have said you cannot read your Bible here. Charlie said, yeah, you said that. He said, but I cannot deny my faith. And he says, well, I'm going to put it to you this way, Charlie. You're fired. Right? Charlie's busted. He goes to his desk he pulls everything out of his desk he goes to his locker he pulls everything out of his locker and as he's standing with his box there he tells me this he said I said God you said if I stood up for you no matter what is going on no matter how bad I feel when I feel down to nothing you will take care of me you will fix my problem and listen you will more than help me and I am standing on your word today He picks up his box. He walks what he says is about a mile out of this plant to his car. And right before he gets to his car, he said, I could see my car three rows over. My phone has been ringing off of the hook. And so I drop the box and I answer my phone. And they say this. There's a voice on the other line. Hello, Charlie. This is American Airlines. We caught your resume three months ago and we've been meaning to call you. We want to offer you a job right now. Now, hang on a minute. He didn't have an interview. All he did was plant some kind of resume somewhere, and they found it, and all of a sudden, in the midst of the turmoil, because he was, listen, not going to relinquish his faith, God calls, it was American Airlines in this case, and says, we're going to offer you more money, more benefits, we're going to take you out of your situation, you're going to be the manager of this part of the company, and we need you to report to work tomorrow. You cannot tell me that my God does not declare, He does not speak, He does not move the mountain in your mouth when you declare it. You can't tell me that. Because that's the way that my God works. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click Contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.